We're going to Rabbi Jeremy Kagan, who is author of Intellect and the Exodus. An award-winning author, Rabbi Kagan presents us with keen and powerful insights into the nature of Amuna in the modern world. Uh, he shows us how the experience of the Exodus from Egypt was structured to teach us to engage reality in a manner that sensitizes the various facets of our character to see the creation, to see creation reflected in the world around us, to become conscious of God through our perception of reality. Rabbi Jeremy Kagan, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. So you, basically, you read that well. I appreciate that. <laughs> basically, many people might argue that one must see creation of the world in their day-to-day, you know, average day, let's put it that way. You might argue that the exodus that created us as a Jewish nation needs to be emphasized every single day. Correct? Well, I think uh, the whole, when, you, when you study the exodus, uh, what you find is that in a certain sense that was our opportunity to witness the creation. We obviously weren't around for the creation, uh, but the, that is certainly the basis of our amuna in the sense that we recognize that the world is a created place. When did we have an opportunity to recognize that there really is a power behind existence, that the power of creation? That was actually the exodus. All right. And I guess it's uh, even easier, as difficult as faith is, it's easier, though, for the generation that sees the miracles of God up close to have more of that faith, right? Well, I mean, I think uh, something that I've been writing about for a long time, I'm, I didn't actually grow up religious, uh, so I've been sort of wrestling with the uh, challenges of, uh, in a certain level, accepting a created world, living in a, in, a, in a time when people are really trained not to look at the world that way. You know, how do you come to an appreciation of the world as a created place? And that's one of the things that's explored in this book. Around what age were you when this revelation hit you? I wouldn't exactly call it a revelation. I'm, I'm, I'm slow in transitions. I mean, I'm a grandfather, but I still refer to myself as an uncle. I do these things slowly. But uh, I was I was in college uh, as when I sort of started that journey, and uh, and it was a multi-year process. Is faith more difficult now for people than it was 10, 20 years ago? As unquestionably, unquestionably. And that's because? <laughs> well, um, the truth is, I'm, it's not only in the last 20 years, I think we would say that it's become increasingly difficult uh, over the last two and a half thousand years. Once civilization moved its center from the Near East to the West, Greece and Rome, we were much more rational societies. Right. And as that rationality becomes increasingly part of the way we look at the world, uh, faith uh, and recognizing a creator becomes increasingly difficult. That has beca- that, that process of uh, sort of distance from that idea has definitely intensified and uh, and it has become more rapid in the last uh, last uh, two three centuries that's for sure true and in the last couple of decades in to a, a remarkable extent but that's what i need to know about the last couple of decades what would be the difference between the last 20 years compared to the way many people thought 50 years ago what's changed is that uh, people accepted an intuitive morality up until mm. about 50 years ago. Good point. And uh, what's happened now is that, I mean, interestingly enough, and this is being written about quite a bit in, in the secular literature as well, uh, we become increasingly committed to the world as a very physical place. In fact, begin to accept uh, machines and computers as substitutes for human relationships as that process has intensified incredibly over the last 50 years, uh, people begin to lose contact with the fact that there's something beyond just physical reality. 
Mm, very interesting. And that's only going to get, I don't know if the word is worse, but it's going to become more of a challenge as we continue forward in, in, in this century, correct? I, it's, it is. It is, and I mean, the truth is I don't really, I, I work, uh, I, I teach 18-year-olds. So I'm not really so conscious of how old I am, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, certainly uh, we, the, the, the degree to which the world has changed since I was a teenager in terms of the way people look at the world, their expectations, their understanding of what's true and what's not true, the rapidity with which things have changed is just so startling. It's, uh, you know, you, you get dizzy. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Rabbi Jeremy Kagan is with us. He is the author of Intellect and the Exodus. It's a Magid Books release, which is, of course, an imprint of Koran Publishers, and that's where we are here uh, during the first day of our visit to uh, to Israel. Um, what would be the best way especially based on your experience, to try to bring some of this faith um, to the youth of today. You mentioned you teach 18-year-olds. Is there a method, a strategy? Is there something that you need to keep in mind or that you need to convey to students to at least get them thinking, you know what, maybe there is a, 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 you know, a spiritual being out there that I need to in fact, have faith and put faith in. We're talking about students or we're talking about children? No, students. So, uh, I mean, one of the most important things that I try to give over to my students is what I would call a historical perspective, to really understand how it is that we look at the world today, but how that is not what we might call an objective vision, but it's really a consequence of a historical development that's been going on really for thousands of years. Uh, when you recognize that there is actually a very different way that you can look at the world, and there was a time when people did look at the world differently, then you begin to appreciate what you might call the relativity of the way that we look at the world. That at least it opens you to the possibility that you can look at things differently. I combine that with trying to sensitize people to a real awareness of the fact that what it is to be a human being, your own internal experience, is really not a physical experience. There's something else there, and you need to explain that. When that becomes a challenge, then you're opened up to a whole a whole other area, a, a whole other ways of, of looking at things. Do you suspect that everybody has trouble with faith? Um, I think the people that don't aren't really thinking about it as deeply as they maybe should, meaning in the sense that uh, we are all trained to look at the world where intuitively we accept it as a place which is really a mechanical, physical reality. When we accept our faith as being something that, as something as easy and integrated into us, we're really ignoring the fact that we, we really engage the world as a natural place. If you're more aware of the fact that you really do think of the world as a purely natural place, at least when you're trying to figure out how to work in that world, then you realize that that sort of standard way of engaging the world is actually in some conflict with the idea that you have faith and that there's something underneath that that really holds up that whole natural structure. Wow. Um, the 10 plagues, why are they such an essential part to belief and faith? So, um, look, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, Asher Otsay Sicha Me'aris Misraim Mibes Avadim. It's in the Pasuk there that our Amuna emerges out of, uh, of leaving Egypt. Right. And that really has to do with a consciousness. We have, you know, we have, we have, we have Pesach is just around the corner now. The Haggadah is really an opportunity to engage those ten plagues as a way of catapulting and, and, and strengthening my imuna. 
how are you supposed to do that? That's uh, that's a, a pretty significant part of the book in right. terms of understanding. And you actually split it into different categories. I split it into ca- different categories, and we look at each one individually in terms right. of. It, I mean, I, I've always found that you place, understand that God could not have done the Exodus without the plagues. It would not have been beneficial to us for Him to simply show up one day and release the Jewish people. Well, when you look at the actual fortune, the point that they make is we think of the plagues as the means by which the Jews got out of Egypt, right. but in fact they got out of Egypt in order to have the opportunity to experience those plagues. In I other words, th- I never thought of it that way. So that's 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 actually clear. The Rambam makes that absolutely right. clear, and the uh, and other sources do as well. Meaning the exper- that miraculous experience uh, was there to really. Uh, you know, bring out the fact that there is something that goes beyond the natural physical world. But then the challenge is, what exactly are we supposed to see from this thing? I mean, they seem so bizarre and random. I was encouraged my my students to pick a favorite plague and go into it. Like the frogs, that's my favorite plague. I mean, like <laughs> that. What's more random for the you know for someone who has his fingers on all that's the controls <laughs> to decide to destroy Egypt through frogs? But even the, as, as strange as the, as the plagues are, if you look at the actual midrashim that go beyond them and really explain them, the details there become just increasingly strange. But when you remember that uh, when, in Medrash, when Chazal is speaking to us, they're, they're not just, they're not just give, adding color. Every, there's a conceptual picture there they're trying to convey through every one of those details. What are they telling us? That's a lot of what the book does to try and understand, you know, what are we really supposed to get out of these things? What's it like working with Magid? Magid's great. They've been they've been very supportive. Uh, you know, great uh, editors and uh, work with. I, one of my editors lives across almost across the street from me. That was a pleasure. So uh, it's been very very nice. A pleasure meeting you. And good luck with the book. Thank you very much. The intellect and the exodus. Authentic emuna for a complex age. And boy, are we in a complex age. Rabbi Jeremy Kagan, a Magid book release. Check it out, everybody. Korenpub.com is a great resource to do that.